Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Ecclesiastes, our portion of scripture for today. Chapter 11, verses 3 is where my mandate is this evening. Very wonderful text. When Solomon writes Ecclesiastes, he's speaking from a mature place. He was in his old age, about to depart. And so, ancient wisdom was oozing through his spirit. He was a man in whom both wisdom and experience were reconciled. And so he could judge things right even as he spoke them. He was a land spirit when he taught these things. So fundamentally, when you study the book of Ecclesiastes, you will find principles, you will find laws with which you will learn to live this life that you have on the earth. Because you see, it's one thing to understand salvation. It's another to walk the life of salvation. The Bible says he wills that all men be saved. That's not the end of it. And that they might come to the knowledge of the truth. That's a process. It ain't happen in one day. There are things that will come to you in teaching, in doctrine, in instruction, in exhortation, in comfort, in rebuke, in correction, until you are full. The Bible says, you will be an efficient worker, an effective one that will have no need of shame. This gospel we preach when we chose to believe God. This is the one thing he promised. He says, they that believe in him shall not be put to shame. He says, the worker must be approved that he may have no need to be ashamed. It's one thing for people to say, but you're born again, but how come in being born again and you're talking about these things Jesus does, they're not working for you. That's a shame. We refuse to walk in shame. We refuse to carry reproach in the name of Jesus. We choose to walk and function in the glory of God. If reproach should come, it should come only for Christ but not because of our ignorance in what he has given us. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now, a very fundamental law or principle has been given in this text, Ecclesiastes 11.3. And that's what I want to unpack for you. He says, if the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. And if the tree fall toward the south or toward the north, in the place where the tree falleth, there it shall be. 
there it shall be. Emphasize mostly, if the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. I remember our primary science when they taught us about how rain is formed. They used to call it what? Water cycle? Something like that. And then they explained to us that when the sun heats, uh, things like water bodies and trees and all these things, water is from these trees and the water bodies and, you know, is vaporized. And then it ascends in what? In the sky. And then it forms a cloud. Okay? The process was, they used to say, it was evaporation, uh-huh, condensation, and precipitation. Isn't it? Correct me, primary teachers. Okay, so the vapor rises, and then it forms a thick cloud, and out of that cloud comes what? Rain, and then it falls down. And then the cycle continues. The cycle continues. That's how it is all through life, except if it's manipulated by man. I learned recently that in some parts of the world, they know how to make rain. They know how to manipulate the clouds to make rain. Well, that's science. But if we go back to the natural order by which God ordained this, it's that simple. It's a cycle that once the sun hits and this water vaporizes eventually it will form a cloud and that cloud will give rain not all the waters come down some stay up for longer and it's how we see later in seasons changing and then we see uh, snow we see hails sleets and many other things but that's how the science works now God has said as long as the sun hits, water will rise and the clouds will form and they'll bring rain. It's cumulative. The more or quicker this sun or, or harder, let's say, the harder this sun hits the water bodies or whatever source it is, right? And the longer it does, the more it's able to collect what? more water and then consequently it will pour on the earth and Solomon tells you so is the way of the spirit so is the way of the spirit it's a very deep spiritual truth but I want to help you understand this evening so is the way of the spirit the Bible says in Genesis, for as long as the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. But here he didn't say seed and harvest. He said seed time and harvest. And the only thing I have said this before that you have control over in this equation is seed time. He has given man the opportunity to participate to be a part of seed time. Because he's saying, it doesn't matter what you're going through, it doesn't matter the circumstances in your life, it doesn't matter the predictions around your story and narrative. He says, once you know how to be a part of the process, in seed time, you will always have a harvest. 
It's important when you understand this word seed and time. The word time there defines spiritual experiences that align you to be both precise, well positioned, to plant what must be planted when it should be planted. And he says, as long as you plant it when it should be planted or how it should be planted, you will have a harvest. When it comes to harvest, you then add time because it depends on how you plant and when you plant. Are you following what I'm saying? You're a product of everything you've been sowing this far, whether you knew it or not. If you've been sowing in ignorance, you're a product of that ignorance. Financially, you are aware you have been sowing. What you've been sowing, sorry. Physically, you might say, oh, uh, I'm not well. Yeah, look back and study yourself. You'll find that there's a place where a seed was planted in your spirit. And you are now living in the consequence of that seed planted. For as long as the earth remains, like their night is, you cannot say tomorrow it will not be day. It's impossible. God has set it to be that way. Tomorrow it will be day. He says, as sure as it is that tomorrow the sun is going to come up. And in the evening the sun will come down. So it is with seed time and harvest. You cannot plant right and harvest differently. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. The sun will not hit this water body as hard as it should. And the water should not rise in vapor. And there's no way that water rising in vapor enough to form a cloud will not fall. It must fall. Then matter when, like I said, some take longer than others, but they eventually fall. It eventually, whatever goes up, eventually must come down. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you following what I'm saying? He says it must come down. In other words, Look at yourself as a vessel. Look at yourself as a vessel. When you overfill up yourself, you will overflow. It's automatic. Very fundamental principle. Whatever you fill yourself with, eventually you overflow of or you'll flow of. It doesn't matter who bewitched you. There is no law that can break this one if you have been filled. There is no law that can go against it. Like it cannot not rain if the cloud has been full of water. It must rain because it won't stay up there forever. Eventually it will come down. It will condense and come down. I'm saying whatever you fill yourself with, eventually it comes out of you. That is why when we studied the word, the Bible says, give yourself wholly to these things and meditate therein. He says, that your profiting may appear to all. You won't even need to tell people it's working. They will look at you and say, truly something is working in that man's life. It's not possible to meditate and give yourself wholly to these things and you don't profit. It's not possible. Like it's not possible for the sun not to come up tomorrow. It's not possible that tomorrow you will not have day. It's not possible that you will not profit when you meditate on these things and give yourself holy to them. It's not possible. There's no law that can go against this. 
Somebody shout hallelujah. Tell your neighbor it must work. Look at how he defined the human heart in Luke 6:45. He says a good man out of a good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. If a good man, a good man the Bible says out of his heart if you meet a good man out of his heart he cannot bring out anything evil he will bring out good it's not possible for a good man to bring out evil and he says and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil for of the abundance of the heart so the mouth speaketh he didn't say what's in the heart the mouth speaks he says for the abundance of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. In other words, for your mouth to say something, it must be full of something in your heart, from your heart. You understand? For your mouth to say something, it must come from something that is full or in abundance in your heart. Like the cloud, I explained, that is filled with water and eventually... It must empty itself on the earth. So it is that when you are full, like the cloud was filled, out of that abundance, the Bible says, the mouth speaketh. Everything you speak, you are full of. Not a quarter of, not a half of, not three quarters of, you are full of. There must have been some sort of abundance in your spirit for you to speak the things you speak. Even if you're joking, there are jokes that can't come out of you if you're impregnated of something else. I told people me there are things I can't joke about. I can't joke that hey, I'm broke. I can't. Are you following what I'm saying? Some say, oh, I was joking, but don't you joke. Uh -uh. Heaven does not joke. Satan does not joke. Deceive yourself that you can. Bible calls them coarse jesting foolish jokes that are contrary to the word of the Lord. You know, you meet people who have believed for a long time. Somebody has been in salvation for 10 years, 15 years, and you think, yeah, this person knows things. And then you tell this person, are you okay? And they say, ha, eh, I have a headache. Oh, sorry, sorry. I don't have a headache, okay? Oh, so, and then they try to to correct themselves. The abundance spoke first. The abundance what? Spoke first. So if you ask this person, why aren't you healed of this headache? They'll say, I don't know. Well, that's the answer. The answer is, you have more consciousness to the sickness and have not only recognized it in your body, it has gone through your soul. It's a possession in your human spirit. Because you are a spirit, the Bible says, with a soul in a body. Now, your body can or may be weak or sick, but what your body has is not what your spirit has. The Bible says the spirit is an enmity to the flesh and the flesh is an enmity to the spirit. The spirit will never agree with your body. It can't accept sickness, even though your body is sick. But for you to say, I have a headache, I, uh, who is you? You, the spirit man. It means you've accepted that sickness 
from your flesh through your soul into your human spirit. That kind of person to heal them of headache, you can't just touch the body and heal it. It comes back. To heal the headache, you have to go to their human spirit. The spirit that first received that headache to teach it to unlearn and then learn right. And then after learning right, once the spirit is healed, there is no way the body cannot heal. Because the soul always goes wherever there is more strength. If your flesh is strong, your soul will incline on the side of the flesh. If your spirit is strong, your soul will incline on the side of the spirit. Are you following what I'm saying? So, when you learn, the Bible says that the testimony of two or three witnesses, every word is established, isn't it? Your soul and your flesh cannot agree against your spirit and you win those two. Because at the testimony of two or three witnesses, every word is established. There is a power that establishes everything once there are two or three witnesses. If your soul and your flesh agree together, they will defeat the spirit. If by the spirit you kill the transactions of a body and you strengthen your spiritual man, you educate him, you empower him. How do you empower the spirit man? There are usually three things that sustain and empower your spirit. One, the word of God. Reading the word of God and meditating therein. You strengthen the human spirit. It's a very important thing. So those of you who don't read your Bible or who only read it when you must or who only read it on Thursday and Sunday. You only hear the word on Sunday and Thursday. There are no things that you do within the week to acquaint yourself either to read your Bible or to listen to a good teacher. Your spirit will be weaker than the man who practices the word and meditates therein day and night. Praise the Lord Jesus. The second thing that will help you is a place of communion with God. Learning to be intimate with God. Having those moments where you and God can sit together. And by the way, there is no formula in that relationship. Even if you recognize a time where you can sit 20 minutes silent, but you know that you are with God and it's consecrated to be with him intimately. One man, wise man said that silence makes the real conversation between friends. Not the saying, but the never needing to say. That intimacy can grow to a certain place where you don't need to say much to understand each other. My wife can look at me and I know what she's saying. That doesn't mean we are not communicating. We are only not communicating in the way you want us to communicate. And for us to communicate and speak some things, it would mean that there are ambiguities within our relationship. The places that are not clear enough for us to understand ourselves, even the smallest nuances. I can look at her once and she can know that I'm saying, bring tea. Yes. Because we know each other. You understand? So, some of you, you went to church and, and you learned under the law, you learned crumbed phrases, eh? and you heard a man pray, and then you tapped into a man's relationship with his God. He's speaking from his heart. You're speaking from your head, borrowing his words, speaking to God with a man's borrowed relationship. He's burning incense, right? And the smell of the incense is coming out of the outer courts, and you're smelling it. And because you can smell the incense, you presuppose that you are the one burning it. The day he stops burning it, you are in trouble. Why? Because without his incense, you cannot smell anything. 
or of anything. Because you can smell all the incense because you are next to a man who is burning it. It's better to learn how to burn your own incense. The book of Revelation gives incense as the prayers of the saints. To learn to pray. Learn to be intimate. When you learn to be intimate with God, you build your spirit. Lastly, and one of the most important things, is learning to speak or declare openly what or who you are in Christ. Your identity, your privileges, your provisions, and the glory that you have in Christ. That thing empowers the human spirit. It strengthens your spirit. Learning to just speak who you are in Christ. But how do you speak who you are in Christ when you don't know the word? One time I took on a journey to study what I call the in Christ truths. It's about 10 or 13 years ago. In Christ truths. Everywhere there is in Christ. Everything that has been given to me in Christ. Everything Christ has done for you. Blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. In Christ. Blessed with every spiritual blessing. To meditate that and speak it. There is power when you repeat it. To say that greater is he which is in me, in me, than he which is in the world. There is power. I am more than a conqueror through Christ which strengthens me. Those statements. I've been given everything that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. I have the life of God in me. I'm dead, yet I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who gave himself for me. To speak those things. For I know of the grace of my Lord Jesus Christ. For though he was poor, but for my sake he became rich. That through his poverty it might redound to my riches or wealth. To speak those things over and over and over and over and over. To have those things and get them in your head and cram them and speak them, speak them, speak them. There's something you become. Because it says in Philemon 1.6, the communication of your faith becomes effectual as you acknowledge every good thing which is in you, which is in Christ. Philemon 1.6. Your faith becomes effectual. The human spirit is empowered. But imagine you're around somebody who says, ha, Ah, poverty these days. I'm so poor. You know, even as I'm preaching, eh? As I'm using the example, I feel like it's weakening me. Yet I'm just trying to teach you. I feel like even in the example of that person, I feel disturbed in my spirit. Are you following what I'm saying? Some of your spirits are weak because you breach the spirit. You break your spirit. Eh? You think I'll spend the night? Ah, my children. This time I don't know where you're going to get fees. When God is alive, when God is alive, you're telling your children you don't know where they're going to get fees. That means you're the one who has been providing for them. God hasn't been. The birds in the air don't talk like that to each other. They neither sow nor reap. But the Bible says, but they eat. The flowers in the garden that are dressed, they don't worry what they'll put on next week. The Bible says, God word clothes them. You see what I'm saying? Back to what I was trying to tell us here. 
So God says, this principle is simple. Fill the cloud with water and it will bring out what it has been filled with. Hebrews 2 verses 1 amplified version. He says, since all of this is true, which is the word? The gospel. We ought to pay much closer attention than ever to the truths that we have heard. Least in any way we drift past them and they slip away. That means what you have heard can leave you. You are once in health and now you're not. You are once in wealth and now you're not. You once did certain, you know, I sit down and I hear stories of people who say, oh, you know, one time I had money. <laughs> I suppose I wish you met me five years ago, I'd buy you a plate of pork. I had money, but uh, you know, these days things change and you ask what really happened? Did the God you believe change? Something broke that cord. Something broke that cord. It slipped away from you. You drifted past it. You drifted past it. Praise the Lord. You let it slip out of you. If it once worked for you. You know somebody gave this example and said, You know when you're born again and you're a baby, when you know nothing, everything works for you. And as you continue to grow, to admit, then God starts to harden things for you. It says that you mature. No! It's not in the scriptures. Let me explain what happened. When you are born again, you are innocent from false doctrines. You came in sincerity of your ignorance and innocence. So everything you had was true. And then you are convoluted, confused by funny doctrines, which you found in the church. And eventually they started to take you away from the faith that you had at first. The issue is not that now you're more mature than then. No, you're actually more deceived than you were before. Now, some of you are trying to unlearn, to go back as babes and believe again. Some of you even come into Fanero. It's like you've just started to understand the gospel. Have you been in that place where you're like, oh, but where was I? What was I hearing? Yes, aha. Uh -huh. And once you start to understand it, you'll start to realize that your personal life now starts to bear the fruit of the things now you understand. Hallelujah, glory to God. She said, but I read this scripture. The same thing is teaching, I read it. How come I didn't understand it? There was a veil on your eyes. Bible says that there is a veil that covers their face. Least the light of the glorious gospel should shine. Should shine. Least the light of the glorious gospel should shine. Second Corinthians 4.4. 4. He says, In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. Least the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine. Not may, not might, not could. It should shine. Oh, if it is the gospel, it should shine. Tell your neighbor, if it is the gospel, it should shine on your life. It should. It should work. Not it might. Not, it, oh, I don't know if some of you, some things hit you the way they hit me. Now, that one hit so deep. It should work. I don't care what's going on in your life presently. It should work. Just continue filling the cloud. Just continue filling the cloud. Just continue filling the cloud. Vaporize it. Vaporize, continue filling it. Eventually, it will pour out. Tell your neighbor, eventually it will pour out. 
James 1 12 it says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, again, I always tell people it's not an if, it's when. When it comes to a Christian, you will be tried one day. We might be tried differently. One might be a disease, a death, a poverty, or something, but all of us have our day where you will be tried. But the Bible says, When he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. In other words, he's saying that man is blessed if he continues feeling the cloud, feeding the spirit. You're going through whatever you're going through, but you don't pause. You don't put a break on your face. You just keep feeding. Yes, you don't have the job yet, but keep listening. Yes, the man has not yet come and you're clocking to 48. Don't worry. Just keep what? Just keep feeding it. Just keep feeding it. Just keep feeding. Just keep feeding your spirit. Yes, you haven't seen that breakthrough. You have not brought that property. You have not yet built that building. Yes, you spoke it when you were 25. You're still speaking it at 35. Just keep feeling. The quicker you feel this thing, the quicker it will pour. Somebody shout amen. So, some people don't endure temptation. They go through trials and when they are tried, they draw back and they give up. And I cannot tell you, I've said this before, that there's nothing as painful as to see a person who was closer to their miracle and it was just seconds away. And then they leak. And then they make a statement like, I think I've given up. Oh when there were just seconds to that miracle, seconds to that breakthrough, seconds to that answer, seconds to that realm, seconds to that rank. Because remember, all of us function according to how we are ranked. That's why they call the crown of life. The Greek word there is Stephanos. It will read like, blessed is the man that endures temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the rank of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. In other words, all of us are as effectual as the rank where we are. There are things I'm able to command because of the rank I'm in. There are things that look at me a certain way, respond to me a certain way because of the rank that I'm in spiritually. You understand what I'm saying? And there are things we could say the same thing, but if you're not in my rank, they will not respond to you the way they respond to me. Even though we're speaking the same words because you don't carry the crown I carry. The crown of life is the influence, the circle of influence that you carry in the spirit realm by which you are able to exact and assume authority as given by scripture for you to do according to divine purpose. And this crown continues to enlarge. This influence enlarges. It's a place of your heart. He says, God, your heart for out of it are the issues of life. The Hebrew word, the issues of life are the boundaries of your life. In other words, if you don't know how to guard your heart, in Christ Jesus, to know how to hold your heart and take it and position it, how to receive within your heart the things that your heart must listen to and not listen to. The Bible says you'll frustrate the boundaries of your influence. Today, you'll be influential in one phase and in that same phase tomorrow, you're not influential in the same. You cannot be consistent in progress. That's what it means. God has called you every day to enlarge this boundary. And as it continues enlarging, like the Bible says of Jesus Christ, that his name was voiced and his fame went abroad before him. That means when people heard that Jesus was coming in the city, the Bible says they were all coming together because they had. The Bible says Jesus went back 
full of and under the power of the Holy Spirit in Galilee. And the fame of him spread through the whole region round about. There is something, the person of the Holy Spirit introduced him way far in the region about. Full of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit started to introduce him. So wherever he went, he carried a fame. The Spirit of God can man to you in a way that there is no place you can step and people don't gather. There is no place you can step and an eye will not identify you. There is no day you will enter and it will not respond to your name. That's what the Holy Spirit can do. Because you have two ways to do it. You either do it carnally and be political and then find your ways by trying to look for cheap popularity. Be a social commentator. Be on every television giving opinions that really don't matter because you want to be famous. Yeah, that's cheap. That one does not reward you. It does not define you. It ain't give you authority. It, it just makes you... You know, popular like any other pop star in the world. No, we're not talking about those things that don't come with power. We're talking about those things. But even if you enter the plane and somebody didn't know you're in, they would sense there's somebody in that plane that is different. Somebody shout hallelujah. Even if you enter the supermarket, somebody will feel there's something in this supermarket. The energy, the frequencies, they're changing. The vibrations are different. Somebody's in this room that is not usual. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. It's by that anointing that Catherine Kuhlman when she wanted to go out of a building, people were on the steps waiting for her. And her security detail said, let us go through the kitchen. They opened the kitchen. Catherine is going through the kitchen and all the chefs got slain. She didn't pray for them to get slain. No, but there was a presence on her life that commanded the attention of every flesh wherever she stood. It's spoken of John Zilex that there was a time he would charge so much that even his kids will not come before him. I've experienced that. My wife has seen it sometimes. I'm so charged that she can't come near me. The room I'm in is so charged that my auntie can't come near me. You understand what I'm saying? It is, oh, mando, basele, balega, brodaga, sompra, degado. It is possible to be charged and full of the Holy Ghost. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Your boundary expands. And as it does that, let me tell you, even if it takes, do you know there are people who have dreamt me and they had never met me? They dreamt me first, then they met me. Because something introduces you spiritually. And it's not about me only. There are some people in this congregation who have gone through or experienced such or alike experiences where somebody says, I dreamt about you before I met you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Why? Because there is a person that can introduce you right. That one can introduce you right. When you understand how he works, you will never look for attention. You will never look for fame. You will never want to sit on the front row. You will sit in the back and he will locate you. And still say, I want you. You're the one that I came for. Why? Because with this one, you don't need to stand before the cameras for you to be known. He can introduce you. And I tell Christians, wait for him to introduce you. Don't try to find your way of self-introduction. Because every time you do that, it becomes canal. And eventually, it will be the shame. It cannot be sustained. It's like the veil that Moses needed to cover his face every time the glory was decimated. When he introduces you, it's open face. There is no fear of what will leave you because you're not the one who put it on yourself. Do you understand what I'm saying? Nothing can burn you out because you're not the one who started the flame. He started it. He's the one who brought you to the notice of those people. 
And because he's the one introduced you, he's the only one who can take you out of their conscience. Because it is possible for God to rob. I read it somewhere in Isaiah. Where he says, And I shall rob the memory of your enemies from the earth. Do you know it's possible for God to rub your existence on the earth and it would seem as though you never existed even though <laughs> like it is possible for God to rub your memory, the memory of you on the earth. It's also possible for God to preserve the memory of you on the earth until the return of Jesus. It's possible. There are things God can do by you. Ah, thank you Isaiah 26 verses 14. Yeah, read it. He says, they are dead, they shall not live, they are deceased, they shall not rise, therefore you have visited and destroyed them and made all their memory to perish. They will never be remembered. It's possible for a man never to be remembered that they existed. And God even takes out, he makes sure that every memory that knows you either goes, Oh, if it remembers you, it cannot remember you right. Like he can do that. He can also do it the other way. <laughs> Where he can make... May you leave a testimony that remains one day when you're done on the earth. May God do something in your life. May he leave a memory of your ministry that cannot be erased by any generation. It doesn't matter what will happen in the earth to come. Say amen. He says he shall receive the crown of life. Now, you read it and just read it on, on the surface. But this thing is deep here. If that man, when he is tried, he endures. He knows how to fight. He knows how to stand. The Bible says he shall receive the approval, the crown of life, Stephanos. The rank of life. In other words, every test that comes your way wants to rank you to the next level. Everything that tests you wants to rank you. But then it comes and you're not full. It comes and the cloud is empty. And then you fail. And because you fail to progress in the next rank, you think you have a demon spirit. You think... Uh, some man will just prophesy in your life. An apostle will just say, no, no, no. Some things don't work that way. They don't exist in the prayer equation. They exist in the equations of understanding and wisdom. Somebody has to teach you out of a certain rank and invite you in another rank. You can only be invited by a man who has been there. And those invitations sometimes will not come by prayer. Sometimes they will come by instruction. They will come by instruction. He might not have the language to articulate it, but if you can sit on him or her, study them, you'll find answers. That's why never take for granted every time you sit, walk, relate with anybody who is in a rank you admire to get into. There, there is your opportunity. There is your opportunity. The Bible says the foolish one spends it. There is treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise. But the foolish man spends it or wastes it. 
So the question ultimately is, how do you redeem what you wasted? How do you redeem what you wasted? In other words, there are people in whose presence you can be. And if you are not attentive, you are wasting your own destiny. Wow. No, it's Proverbs 21.20. It's not me. You're spending. You're wasting. You're spending. It's like saying somebody has money saved and they're supposed to invest it and instead spend it in things that are going to return on value. That's spending. Are you following what I'm saying? It says the foolish man wastes it in some versions. In one version it says spends it. That means some of you, your answer was through some woman that you worked with someday and the wisdom for your next level was next to that person and then you wasted it. Familiarity, indifference, ego. And once it's inflated, it's so hard to deflate it. You won't ask for help when you need it. You're too proud to listen to them. You're too proud to sit under them. You're too proud to recognize and give honor to whom honor is due. Custom to whom custom is due. And praise to whom praise is due. And God is saying, no, but this is where you're supposed to go. And this is the woman you need for your next level. And no, no, no. Uh, I, that, that one can't. That one can't take me to the next level. Then who? They're already in the rank where you're in. Don't even waste time. You are proud to go to prayer mountain. I always tell people, you're proud to go to prayer mountain to look for what a woman next, seated next to you has. Just know how to receive it. Just know how to receive it. If you're sitting next to somebody who has six or seven hotels, they're sitting next to you and you're asking God to build your first hotel, you'll seek to go to a mountain. There is treasure to be desired and oil and anointing in the dwelling of a man wiser than you. But because you're foolish, you spend it. Hi, <laughs> how are you? And then you go on a prayer mountain. Father, give me what you gave that woman. She was seated next to you. She was next to you. All you had to do was just tap. Maybe be prompted to sow a seed or, or ask for a prayer or ask for counsel. Then you say, no, I don't need that person. Me, I can find my way. Okay, find your way. Find your way. Whatever you fill up, pours out. Whatever you fill yourself with, you'll flow or overflow with, depending on how much you have filled yourself with. If you fill yourself with faith, it will flow out. If you fill yourself with love, it will flow out. If you fill yourself with understanding, it will flow out. If you fill yourself with wisdom, it will flow out. If you fill yourself with gossip, it will flow out. Cheap talk, it will flow out. Poverty mindset, eventually it will show. It might hide, you might hide it under good clothes, but it will still come out and say, no, sister, you're broke. <laughs> Haven't you understood the principle that happens in 1 Kings 18 when you study the story of Elijah? Remember the story of Elijah when he holds the rain for how many years? Three years? says at my voice there shall be no what rain at my command for these three years according to my word after those three years Elijah wants to release rain the Bible says in 1 Kings 18 verses 41 
Elijah says to Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of the abundance of the rain. Get up, eat, drink, for there is a sound of the abundance of the rain. And Ahab, the Bible says, went up to eat and to drink. And Elijah, the Bible says, went to the top of Camel, and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And then he said, go again seven times. He's telling him, look toward the. <laughs> and it came to pass at the seventh time, behold, there arises a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, go up, say unto Ahab, prepare your chariot and get thee down that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind and there was a great rain and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel and the hand of the Lord was on Elijah and he gathered up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Understand this. Go back to your simple science. He tells King Ahab, eat and drink, buckle yourself up because I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. The sound of the abundance of rain. So the Bible says, so Elijah went to eat and drink on top of Camel. Are you following what I'm saying? When uh, Ahab goes to eat, Elijah goes up on top of the mountain, Camel, to seek the Lord. He has told the king, the abundance of rain, I have heard its sound. Nothing has yet been formed. Nothing has yet been formed. Nothing appears anywhere. The cloud is clean. It's open. It's blue skies. But the man has had the sound. The prophet has. You see, the Lord years ago started to teach me about voices and sounds. Eh? Voices and sounds. Because people think that these two things are the same, but they are not. They're not. Not all sound carries meaning. But all voice carries meaning. All voices carry meaning. Not all sounds carry meaning, but all voices carry meaning. The Lord showed me. Because voices come from intellectual beings. I saw this years ago. Voices come from intellectual beings. There must be some sort of intellect, spiritual or otherwise, to carry a voice. But you don't need an intellect to carry sounds. That's why not all sounds carry meaning, but all voices carry meaning. That's why Paul says, there are maybe many voices in the world, but there is none without signification. There is none without meaning. And he says, if I know not the meaning of the voice, the Bible says, I shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian, and he that speaketh unto me shall be barbarian unto me. Every voice has a meaning. Every voice has a meaning. It's a fundamental principle. But not all sounds are of meaning. But there are sounds that come with meaning. And let me also teach this. Because I learned it. When it comes to spiritual order, sounds never precede voices. Voices precede sounds. Because like I said earlier, not all sounds come with meaning. 
but every voice has a meaning. When it comes to the spirit realm, always remember, the voice will always precede the sound. If it is from God, his voice will always come before the sound. The problem is that many people hear sounds, but they don't hear the voice. In the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1, you remember the time when they're in the upper room, the disciples? The Bible says on the day of Pentecost, when he was full, they all came in one accord in one place. To what? To pray. Verses 2, and suddenly, the Bible says, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the house where they were what? They were seated. And what does the next verse say? Next verse says, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like of fire and it sat upon each one of them. Now, if you study this, you'll realize something was said by the voice of God and it appeared as a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. But when that sound appeared, it is apparent that those which were in the house were filled with the Holy Spirit and cloven tongues as of fire sat upon them and they each started speaking in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The only issue here is because there is no explanation of the voice that comes to them before the sound they hear of the rushing of the mighty wind. Many cannot explain how the Spirit dwells on men and they're speaking in tongues in the upper room because they're asking, okay, as they were praying, then what happened? God said something. It appeared in form of a sound as a rushing of a mighty wind and that's the thing that puts cloven tongues of fire on their head and they speak in tongues. Remember the story of John, chapter 12, verses 28. Jesus is praying and he says, Father, glorify your name. And the Bible says, there came a voice from heaven. And the voice said, I have what? Both glorified it and I'll glorify it again. Jesus is telling God the Father, Father, glorify your name. Then there comes a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and I will glorify it. Next verse. The people there, as God was speaking, that stood by, heard it and said, it thundered. Others said, an angel spoke. Maybe to understand this, give me the New Living Translation. Because it's closest to the Greek language. He says, Father, bring glory to your name. And the Bible says, a voice spoke from heaven saying, I have already brought glory to my name and I will do so again. Next verse. When the crowd heard the voice, some thought it was thunder. While others declared an angel had spoken to Jesus. Next verse. Jesus says, no, the voice was for your benefit, not mine. So some of you who think that that voice was for me, it was actually coming to you. It wasn't for me. But unfortunately, some, okay, some even assume an angel spoke, but worse off, some even just had something thunder. Go, 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 go. And they say, hey, it has thundered. It's possible to miss the voice of God. Not all sounds are with meaning, but some sounds are with meaning. And I've learned that. That is why when you learn to be intimate with the person of the Holy Spirit, 
you'll understand why sometimes he'll communicate in sounds. But sounds will come because the voice of the Spirit is talking to you. He says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, has not entered the hearts of men. But Corinthians Amplified says, yet God, chapter 2 verses 10, 1 Corinthians, has unveiled and revealed them by and through his Spirit. For the Holy Spirit searches diligently, exploring and examining everything, even sounding the profound and bottomless things of God, the divine counsels and things hidden and beyond man's scrutiny. Some hear sounds of what? Some have heard voices. And it's possible to miss God. He spoke, but you heard a sound. But another man in the same congregation heard the voice. Because like I said spiritually, voices precede sounds. Because without the meaning of the voice, then what's the meaning of the sound? But in the Bible you have read of trumpets giving sound. So he says, but if even things without light giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in sounds, how shall it be known what is piped, what is harped? Next verse he says, if the trumpet giveth an uncertain sound, who shall prepare for war or battle? Instruction. In other words, in this instance, even trumpets instruct men. And then when they were supposed to be preparing for battle, the trumpet gave an uncertain sound. Or even though the trumpet gave a certain sound, they could not hear the sound because they did not understand the voices behind the sound. They knew not the meanings of the voices behind the sounds. So if trumpets are speaking, some hear trumpets being blown and they don't know meanings because they don't hear the voice of God. This voice was meant for you, he says. Oh, an angel is talking to him. And I've seen it where God is speaking to a man. And that man thinks they're talking about the man next to him. I've seen it. I've seen it. Where God is speaking to a man and a man thinks it has thundered. On their record, they think it thundered. That's all they know. It thundered. We had thunder. Years ago, it was in, in the night, a vision comes to me and heaven opens and thousands and thousands of angels came and they were moving in a spiral. Beautiful, beautiful wings. They were, you know, shining as gold and, you know, they were metallic. You could actually hear the squitching of the wings and they were in gold and shining so bright and they were moving around the meeting that day. I remember the sermon was something like glorified stars or something like that. Glorification or something. Glorification or something. The sermon had something glory, glory. And I'll tell you why I preached that sermon. So in that vision, the angels come and they were circling a funeral service. And there were many by the multitudes. And there was a bright light coming from heaven. And then the Lord started to tell me what he was releasing that Thursday evening. And how he was elevating us in glory and da 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 da. But only men which understood what God was doing were to take that. Then that day, he shows me that for a sign, while I was in the middle of the service, a certain rain was to come. And when that rain comes, I was supposed to pray over people. It doesn't rain on Thursdays. We hold the clouds every Thursday. But this particular rain was for a sign. So the Lord gave me every instruction as I had received it. Woke up and wrote that sermon. Lo and behold, I'm in the middle of preaching. And the very rain that had come in the vision before the angels came down. 
came within the meeting, I knew what I was supposed to do. In fact, those people were in that meeting that day, the power of God was so mighty. If you remember some of you. But I'm sure some people on the ground missed it. Because some saw rain. You get my point? Some saw rain. It's easy to miss God. 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 Shabrande Gozigeleteke. Psalms 89 verses 15. He says, Blessed is the people that know the sound. The joyful sound. You're blessed if you can pick the sound. Because it means you know the voice. He didn't say blessed are the people that hear the sound. He said blessed are the people that know the sound. Because you cannot know the sound when you don't know the voice. And he says they shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. And in thy name they shall rejoice all day. And in thy righteousness they shall be exalted. For thou art the glory of their strength. And in thy favor our horn shall be exalted our horn shall be exalted now a prophet walks to Ahab and tells him go eat and drink for I hear the sound of the abundance of rain that means there was a voice that came to the prophet that it's gonna rain are you following what I'm saying Elijah goes on top of Mount Carmel and then to agree with science he tells his servant go by the sea because if the sun should shine and something should vaporize. It has to be by some water body. Go by the sea. He says. And look. He says. What do you see? He says. I see nothing. Yes. There is nothing seen. But the man is hearing a sound. A sound that came because of a certain voice. And a voice that came because it's prophetic enough to hear God. He knows the meaning. Now. Elijah prays seven times. If that cloud had not come up on the seventh time, Elijah was going to pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. Because when a man has had a certain voice and knows a certain sound, it doesn't matter even if they have not seen anything yet in the cloud. The instruction to them is simple. Keep praying. That man is not believing God for rain. That man has had the abundance of rain. Out of the abundance of the heart, so the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the clouds bringing rain, Elijah spoke knowing that that rain must fall. Now, people who are like Elijah, when they have had a certain voice and they know the sound, they have had the sound, even when it has not yet rained, even when they have not yet seen a cloud, they are not shaken. They just keep praying. They can't drop back. They can't keep quiet. They can't give up. They can't, ah, they know it's not working. But I know that 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 one day I had God. And that voice gave a certain sound to my spirit. Every time it reverberates in my spirit, I find that there is no way I cannot not pray. There is no way I can give up on my prayer. There is no way I can stop fasting. Even if I don't see it, I keep persisting and persisting and persisting and persisting because I know what I had. That is why when you hear God a certain way, you feel sorry for the things that stand against you. 
You feel sorry for the people who stand against you. Because they didn't hear. They didn't hear. But you heard. I know who sent me and what he said to me. Nothing can take me out like that. Come on somebody. I might have not yet seen the rain up there. I just need to go on my knees. I know how to find him. I'll just keep praying. And I'll send for the servant and tell him, look up in the sky. What do you see? If they don't see, that's okay. But the day I pray and I see a cloud up the size of a hand, when you are that kind of spirit, when you see the... You don't need so much evidence. You just need to see a cloud the size of a hand in the sky. The moment you see that, you stop praying. You run. If you don't know the meaning of that sound, if you never heard that voice, you will see that hand in the sky and lose faith because it is too small. You'll see that hand in the sky and give up because it doesn't look big enough to feed the whole of Israel with rain. That's how some of us see things. All we needed was a cloud. And for us, maybe that cloud was one camera. That cloud was two members in the church. That cloud was break fluid oil even before the car came. For us, that I don't know who I'm talking to. Shake somebody. I, I don't know who is hearing this sound. They don't need a dream of two hours. They just need a dream of two seconds. And Jesus appears and disappears. They wake up and eat food knowing very well. The fact that he appeared in my dream. The Bible says that when the Lord appears, you shall appear with him. In other words, I have gotten a representation of something in the spirit. Because when at his appearance, there also will I appear. They don't need so much. Those kinds of people don't need so much. They don't need so much. I'm telling you, they don't need so much. They just need to rent a building, even if it suits five people. The fact that the landlord can rent it to them, they can start a revival. They don't need a stadium. No, the sound is enough. That little building of five members is just the arm in the... the oh... God does not despise humble beginnings. The fact that you stepped your foot in that university. It's the proof that there is no way you can fail to get rent. The fact that they proposed to you and you walked on that altar is the fact that your marriage has a preservation and power that is beyond you. The fact that he called you by name. The fact that you are ordained and anointed. The fact that you prayed for a person who had flu, flu, flu flew and flew left for some of us it was enough to tell us that if the spirit that brought flu can leave cancer can leave that body i don't know who i'm talking to we don't need much because the cloud in the sky was not a sign that god had moved we had heard the voice and the sound already the cloud in the sky was telling us prepare to move also and we don't need much to move because we don't move by the signs in the sky only. There was a voice and sound that came before. So that kind of man when you pray, even when things have not yet translated, you don't give up praying for that man. You don't give up praying for, I'm trying to talk to somebody who is about to give up. Yet you have the voice. You know the sound. You know that this is going to end for your good.
I don't care how bad I don't care that it's stage 4 cancer just remember the voice that spoke to you when you were alone I remember that time when I was about to die sick I was about 23, uh, 22 I think and I remember him coming in my room and he opened Psalms 9 he tells me with long life I will satisfy you that voice brought a sound in my spirit yes my body had not yet agreed but I knew with long life I will satisfy you means that regardless of what is set ahead of my life I can still go back to Psalms 91 vibrate in that voice and hear a sound that will start drilling in my spirit and give me faith for anything that could come ahead of me. Why? Because for me, I just need to see a hand and I stop praying. And I pray for other things. When that kind of man goes through sickness, the day he can put his leg down like this and stand up, he stops praying. He knows he has defeated it. I'm talking to you. Who bought your first property? The fact that you paid for that property. The fact that you deposited on it. The fact that you deposited on it. You, you put the fact that God allowed you to put 10,000 and the landlord said, I have entered an agreement with you. I promise you, you'll finish that money. I don't care whether it's million. He took it. He took the first deposit. The God who began that good work in you shall see it to accomplishment to the day of Christ. Check somebody and tell him never give up. You don't need to see so much. Some of you, let me tell you, You are walking in that corridor. Every day your MD has been ignoring you. You look like a cleaner. The day he says hello. <laughs> For some it's, it was a hello. It will just go by. But there are people the moment that MD says hello. They will stay in his head. At breakfast. They'll be in his head. At lunch, they'll be in his head. He'll be like, I met a young man and I said hello to him. But my head can't take him out. What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? They will lose sleep, appetite, peace until they fulfill the purpose of God that he has ordained over your life through them. People like us don't need to see so much. We don't need to see so much. We just need a little cloud. And the seeing is not to convince us that we have because we already know that we have. We had the voice and we have the sound. So there are people here. You don't see yet any manifestation on them. But you ask yourself, why is she excited? Why does he jump? Why does he scream? Brother, the man has a voice in his spirit. He hears a certain sound. She's sick. She's supposed to be worried. The disease on her I don't even think she should even be laughing anymore. She's about to die. And then you see this woman jolly. You see her excited. Why? She has a voice. She has a sound that you don't. You don't have yet. Don't judge people. Because you don't know their journey. There's a man right now still sleeping hungry. But they're going to walk back home dancing. Then they, No, they're not careless. No, no, no. There's something they hear. Like one wise man said. That they that saw them dancing. Thought they were mad. Because they were not hearing the music. 
You know, some people can look at you and you think that, that you're, you're funny. You, 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 don't, you don't have wisdom. Like they always say the gospel is foolishness to them with a the perishing. They might find people dancing and they say, ah, why are these ones dancing? These people must be mad. Why? Because they were not hearing the sound. They were not hearing the sound. They were not hearing the music. That's why I tell you, dear brother, just keep dancing. Just keep celebrating because you're hearing things. People are not hearing. They don't even have money for the landlord. The landlord is on their case. Their fees are out. Their kids are not in school. How are they even laughing? Oh, you don't know. This is a setup. It's a setup for the next rank of their life. And they know that they know that even though they are going through this, it is temporal. things we go through and some people laugh and they don't know that we know that we know that these are it's only a matter of time where it's a stepping stone for our next level why because we have had the voice and we have had the sound don't give up don't draw back to perdition keep believing your god keep enduring whatever you're going through just keep feeding your spirit keep putting the water there man keep listening to the word keep praying and speaking and praying and speaking and praying and when you feel like you're about to give up pray more and when you feel like things are taking you back fast when you think things are shocking you pray more are you hearing me put your face on the floor and say i'm not going to drop back to perdition i'm going to believe to the saving of the soul because this is what i know if god promised something then surely it shall come to pass people like that always break out might take weeks, might take months, might take years, but you'll see it. I hear the voice and I hear the sound of increase. I hear the voice and I hear the sound of multiplication. I hear the voice and I hear the sound of the abundance of peace, abundance of grace, abundance of wealth. I see multiplication. I see favor. I see miracles. I see signs. I see wonders. I see Fanero grow at a speed no man can count. I hear the voice, the abundance of the sound the roarings of the souls celebrating God's goodness and mercy. Believe me, what you see, what you see here is a hand in the cloud. We're going to take over this whole world from north to east, south to west. He will ordain praise even in stuttering lips, even if we don't have the language, the English articulation. We will speak things that are beyond English. We will speak things that are beyond German and French. We will speak things that are beyond education, physics, and science. We will we'll command things science can't explain. We'll speak to things the weather can't explain. The elements can't explain. Don't give Keep on your course. Keep in your prayer. Keep in your fasting. Regardless of what you're going through. When Thursday appears, be present. 
when Sunday appears, be present. Oh, but it's not working yet. I know, but I'm here. Why? Because I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. Elijah had to give that sound meaning. He didn't just say, I hear the sound. He said, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. Because not all sound has meaning. But he had to give this one meaning. He had to give this one meaning. Trumpets are resounding as he prophesied in Revelation. But not many can hear that Jesus is about to return. They don't hear. They don't hear. But men who hear God know what's happening up there. Jesus is about to come back. The world like you know it is about to crumble. I was telling my wife I saw America in 30-40 years. And it was a sight unbelievable. It was a sight unbelievable. Some will not even believe what they'll see. Jesus is about to return. And they that trust in the flesh, it shall fail them. It's about time to believe God again for everything we've gone to a point where we have to consecrate our bodies souls and spirits to God and entirely lean on him to lead and direct let's speak to God Lord I look to you I won't be overwhelmed Give me vision to see things like you do. God, I look to you. You're where my help comes from. Give me vision. You know just what to do. Yeah.
destiny was given up on their children was given up on their calling was given up on their assignment was given up on the job the spirit was about to draw back they were leaking but I thank you for your word tonight because it fills them again and we commit to you Lord by your grace and only by your grace and may this message stick, stay, be planted eternally in our spirits. And at the point of giving up, we will remember these words and shoot adrenaline in our spirits and go back on our knees face down like Elijah on Camel and seek you until we see what we have heard. Until we see the manifestation of the sounds that came to us in abundance in our personal prayer in our secret places the voices that spoke to us you are the one who spoke there's somebody here you have no doubt that God spoke to you you have no doubt that it was God Yes, familiar spirits can speak, but for your case, it was God. I come to awaken, to strengthen, to revive your world and speak into your next rank, your next position, your, your next level. That may it open in the name of Jesus. May whatever doors that were closed to you open. May whatever gates that were shut open before you. Whatever windows were shut, may they open in the name of Jesus. Receive it in the mighty name of Jesus. And may things happen so easy. May God dig up the wells that had dried up. And those wells are going to bring water. You're going to witness supernatural resurrection. The things you thought had died and were never to come back. That said the Lord, you're going to see them resurrect. You're going to get a phone call tomorrow, this week, this month, before this year. That is going to awaken something that you had long buried. But because something has awakened the voice and the sound that you heard. God will use you. His word still abounds. And his faithfulness abides. He will work. It must work. In Jesus' name. Give the Lord a mighty of praise. Come on, clap for Jesus. Hey, Thank you, man. Say, Father, I thank you. 
because my wells are going to flow. The gates are open to me. The lines are falling in pleasant places. I have a goodly heritage. The path ahead of me is straight. No crooked spaces. My mountains are leveled. My valleys are raised. From today, things are going to become easier and easier for me. I refuse to give up. I refuse to give up. I refuse to give up. Hallelujah. If you're there and you have never given your life to Jesus and you say, today I have heard the gospel. I want you to pray with me, Apostle Grace. I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Repeat this words after me from your heart. Say, Father God, I thank you for the gift of Jesus that he died for my sins and was raised for my glory. Today, I give Jesus my heart, precious Lord and Savior. Today, I receive you in my heart as Lord and Savior of my life. I'm born again. Change me. Transform me. Help me. Lead me. Preserve me. Teach me. Amen. This sermon has been brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number plus 256-200-999400 or email us at info at You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fenero Ministries International. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our week fellowships at the Uma Upper Gardens from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. and for our Sunday services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. at the Uma Multipurpose Hall. Fenero, make manifest.